Welcome to the Taking a Breath Podcast with Parker Mays. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the Taking a Breath Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. My guest today is Dr. Mary Hemphill. She's the CEO and founder of The Limitless Leader, a company that helps individuals ignite the leader in themselves so they can better serve their community company, and personal career. She's a leadership expert and educator with over 15 years of professional experience as a teacher, administrator, state director, and university professor. So you can see why she fits right into to, to where we're going to have this discussion today. But she holds, holds a PhD in leadership studies and has led, coached, and impacted close to 25,000 individuals around the world on transformational and innovative strategy, self-empowerment, and leadership. So I'm so excited to have Dr. Mary on for, for a little bit of context. She and I went live a couple of weeks ago. Now we, we had this incredible conversation and energy, and I wanted to bring her on to have a conversation here on the podcast, but Dr. Mary, tell us a little bit about you real quick for anyone who didn't see our live and, and, uh, and your mission. Absolutely. Thank you so much. First of all, it's amazing to be here with you, Parker, to have this conversation with so many wonderful, wonderful community members with Taking a Breath podcast. And you know what? You said it. This is really about helping people shift into their limitlessness, no matter where they're showing up in the world. So it may be their home. It may be their company. It may be their community. But I think last year, it really ignited this opportunity for people to dig into what I call their inner territory. And the Limitless Leader, we help you just unlock that to add skills to your leadership arsenal with tools, I always say, with tools that you can apply tomorrow. Mm. Sometimes we have conversations and it feels really good, but we don't know how to put feet to it. So the Limitless Leader is the conduit to help you put it into action and take it from a thought into the action. And just as a former educator, I love meeting people where they are, but not leaving them there. Oh, so that's, that's my goal and mission. I love it. And something that we say at Dale Carnegie all the time is that knowledge isn't power until it's applied. You know, that yes. idea of taking what you know and actually putting it into action. So I love that your mission is around <laughs> that because I'm so, you know, uh, it's, it's great to read books and even listening to podcasts, right? You mm-hmm. uh, as a listener are here right now listening to this conversation and we're going to bring some tools that you can yeah. take out of this conversation and apply, right? One of the things that I love is your message around, you know, the word limitless, right? That That's yeah. so much of your brand. And one of the things that we've talked about a little bit is um, limiting beliefs and these Mm -hmm. things that we hold about ourselves. I know it's something that's powerful for you. So turning those limiting beliefs and replacing them with positive affirmations. Tell us a little bit about that and what that's looked like for you in your your path. Absolutely. And what's so funny, Parker, is what people have to understand is that you will never go anywhere physically that you haven't already been mentally. I'm experiencing that just in my life. I just had the amazing opportunity to return to my alma mater of Meredith College. And they highlighted my book. And when I tell you it was an honor that Mm. they asked my old professors to come. When I say old, I don't mean in age. I just mean old (laughs) and that I've been out of college for a while. But they asked her to come back and to do my introduction. Parker, that was 20 years ago. And she talked about the day I sat in her office and said, I want to become a teacher and then a principal. And I want to impact the state. And I want to make this change in public education. People plant 
their limitlessness with their words and their actions. And they may not get a harvest. They may not see the fruit. They may not see it come into fruition until many years later. And so sometimes people get really discouraged in the hallway before they get to the next door, before they get to the next chapter. And I'm telling you, it may be a 20 year manifestation, but if you don't in the, in the meantime, in between time, feed yourself with positivity. I know I post affirmations every morning. Nobody's waking up and saying, I want to think and do and move positively for Mary Hemphill today. They're sometimes just trying to make it out of their stuff, right? They're just trying to deal with their stuff. So if you don't say, I'm going to invest in myself to speak to myself up here positively every day, nobody's going to do it for you. And what you'll find is you are going to go in the direction of your words. So if you say you're not worth it, you're going to show up in the boardroom, not worth it. You're going to show up at that interview, not worth it. You're going to go on a date, not worth it. But if you tell yourself, I'm worth it, I deserve love, I deserve to make a positive impact in this world, and I deserve to fuel myself with the energy to do it, you can't show up as anything less than that, right? And so I just feel as if we need to seek alignment in what we think, what we say, and what we do. And when we do, that's true limitlessness. Oh, that's so good. And and what I love about that and what you do with putting out social media, right? I, I follow, it's at the limitless lady. We'll go ahead and plug it right. Normally I wait yes. till the end. No, I'm like right now, you know, while you're listening. Um, so, but every single day, it's those three affirmations that go up on the story. You know, I'm one of the people I'm seeing that and I'm, I'm reading those to myself and believing that about myself. And one of the things that I think that for my target audience, which is 18 to 22 year old students, we have the tendency to wake up. And the first thing we're doing is we're getting on our phones, getting on social media. But what happens is then it's flooded with so much stimulation, a lot of times negative news, all of this different stuff. And so when there are things that we can do as a part of the beginning of our day, building that momentum in a positive way, then already, right, we're, we're not losing out because by giving energy and giving your thoughts and mental space into what you're seeing in that first five minutes of your day, even it's like, oh my gosh, it can change the direction of your entire day. Yes, you're absolutely right, Parker. And, and, and I'm telling you this, every great leader I've studied, every great leader I listen to has a powerful morning routine Hmm. that starts well before the world wakes up. It's intentional. Yes, it's intentional. And it's 4 a.m., it's 5 a.m. And they're thinking before the world gets started, yeah. how do I set this muscle right. up for success so, so that everything else can follow? Right. I, I think that for a lot of us, uh, and I, I include myself in this because mm-hmm. I've got the ups and downs, right? And and uh, with school, you know, it's like, oh, sometimes it's summer, right? Heading into mm-hmm. summer and saying, okay, I'm going to let myself, you know, do whatever, have this break or, yeah. and that's okay. But but I think that it's about being intentional, right? If I mm-hmm. need to rest and I need that time to, to sleep in or something, okay, take that time. But no, this is a day where I am letting myself rest. It's not a day where I'm just, you know, couch potatoing out the whole day you know how can I be intentional about that rest day and um and if it's hey this is a work routine being intentional about that and so um what's yours kind of looked like as you've started to develop even your you know your personal routines what do some of those key things look like absolutely well it definitely starts with powering up the morning with Mm. meditation and journaling love it and honestly you know 
Parker, writing down what I'm thinking, writing down what I'm feeling and what I'm experiencing has been not only a conduit to get it out, because sometimes you just need to get it out and get it on paper, right? but you can always go back to it. So I look at my journal just as kind of like my leadership diary, because personally and professionally, it's an opportunity for me to just get it on paper. And then if I need to speak about it later, talk to somebody about it later, it's written down. Hmm. But even that meditation of just giving time to be quiet, I think last year I realized too that it's even more powerful to do my meditation outside to where I can get fresh air, reconnect with nature. And I know that sounds like a real Zen moment, but it's really true how calming nature really is. Um, And then just really kind of moving into action. So I I heard somebody say one time, like stop creating a to-do list and really kind of move from busy to productive. Mm. So I just kind of created maybe four or five things, big things that I want to tackle. And I don't call it a to-do list. Like I just call it like my productivity list because a lot of people like to say I'm busy and that sounds really good. And it's a really great at the end of the day excuse but have you been productive? Mm -hmm. Have you fed your focus? Have you fed your goal? And not just check things off a to-do list. It's like checklists don't grow leaders. Productivity Mm. grows leaders. Yeah. I think that uh, what what happens in my mind when I hear busy versus productive is Mm -hmm. busy feels like the hamster wheel, right? I'm I'm stuck in a cycle of just doing what's urgent. Uh, uh, productivity is the important, right? It's actually in a direction and it's moving you towards that, you know, up and out, right? And that's kind of the difference there for me. I love that. What, uh, one of the things that I'm curious about, you're, you're a very creative and and idea driven (laughs) person, like from what I've, I've seen, where do your best ideas happen? Is it the journaling and meditation? Is it on, you know, runs or, or or interacting with people? What does that look like Mm -hmm. for you? I definitely will say that my best creative moments come from talking to people. Okay. And when you think about the fact that, you know, leadership requires that you look at people not as human beings, or I'm sorry, not as human doings, but as human beings, Hmm. the best creativity, the best stories, the best experiences come from engaging with people that are unlike you. Hmm. So I really love making sure that I'm checking the areas and the categories to say, have I connected this quarter with somebody who's in a different age bracket, a different generation, a different socioeconomic status, a different marital status, a different sexual orientation, a different parental or, or, or just different area and culture and creed than I. Because if I'm feeding myself with more of the same I can only breathe the same ideas. I can Mm. only develop the same ideas. But if I speak to somebody who has a different outlook, a different story, like wouldn't that help me create a new idea or think about an audience I haven't tapped into, think about something I haven't talked about or done a workshop on. And I feel like that that's diversity. Like that makes you a diverse leader. So you don't show up and you're a one trick pony. Right. Because if you're going to be the leader who can, not only read the room, but move the room, you have to speak to everybody in the room. So that's my kind of goal is to just feed and breathe these new ideas by making sure I'm around different types of people. I love that. Not only read the room, right? Because that's what we're always talking Oh, you know, I want to read the room, want to make sure I'm saying Uh, the right things, but actually move, actually create impact and action. Oh, that's good. I'm writing that. That's (laughs) that's, That's so good.
Um, <laughs> wow. And, um, and as you're looking for those people, so you gave some examples of like mm-hmm. the different types of people, which is fantastic and mm-hmm. knowing, and, and again, not the checklist, but being intentional about those people yeah. who are connecting with is so key. I, um, and, and when you're doing that, what does that, what did those types of conversations look like? So mm-hmm. is it you bringing up, Hey, this is something that I might be working on or might want to bring forward. I want to get your perspective mm-hmm. or what's kind of the intention behind getting those perspectives. Absolutely. So really, truly, when you're thinking about being a leader in the 21st century, you're always looking for multiple pathways to mm-hmm. share the story multiple ways to capture the story and then thinking about what your community and audience can learn from the story. So for instance, I'll use you as an example. You know, I just went live and I was like, whoever, that's the other piece, whoever this sees this or whoever needs this is going to see it. Not Mm. only because they may connect with me live, but I'm going to reproduce this content and snippets so that if you missed it, you're able to engage with it. You posted about it and you're so enthusiastic. I did a small deep dive into like your profile and your content. There was synergy. I literally just reached out and was like, hey, do you want to bring your voice to the to the IG live? It wasn't scripted. It was organic. And I feel like we learned the best from those organic opportunities. And then look at what has dovetailed out of just that simple interaction. Absolutely. Sometimes I think leaders are in this box and they're thinking, if I can connect with this person, what is it that they can do for me or my company? Mm. We need to, first of all, if we're in the 21st century still saying, think outside the box, we need to get rid of the box. The box is gone. It's crumpled. It's in the recycling bin. That's done. But come to it with an organic sense of how can I serve you and your community? Is there anything now that I can connect you with and tell me your story? Because I may not be the connection, but somebody in my network may be the connector. But if you walk, if you walk away and you say, I've served and I've served in the capacity that I have in my bandwidth, I feel like there's always going to be something positive that comes out of it. Even Mm -hmm. if it's connecting somebody with somebody else. Yeah. Two things there. One, that that idea of building out the, like getting outside of the echo chamber of, hey, I'm hearing the same things. I love that. And that's something that I'm so passionate about in this setting even, right? You know, it's, I'm looking for people in my space, right? The education and personal growth space, but I'm looking to get outside of just exactly the way I'm thinking, right? And that's, that's huge. And I love that. The other thing is how, uh, how you're coming into relationships saying, it's not just a, hey, I'm going to get value and I'm going to give value, right? Because that's something I'm, I'm passionate about as a younger student is mm-hmm. people have given me, given to me with no expectation. And, and this is a great example, just you being willing to come on, right? Um, just being able to learn with no, you know, expectation in return. And that's where my heart is to be able to give, you know, in terms of yeah. give content, give experiences, give anything, you know, in that way. And, and so one of my questions for, for you as a follow-up there is, is there a situation or situations where you feel like there, it is okay to give with, as a, as a, with expectation in return, or is it really just like, Hey, we, we need to be able to leverage the connections that we have mm-hmm. to impact mm-hmm. other people. What's mm-hmm. just, just what's kind of your take on it? Absolutely. So my take on that, even in the word limitless, is that I'm going to limit myself hmm. if I think that somebody is unattainable. So for instance, 
If I think that the person with 67,000 followers is unattainable to me, look at social media and what it's done to connect us all. So if I put limits on myself, I'm already done. Like Mm. I can probably take it on back to bed because I have literally squelched that opportunity because let's, let's connect it back to what you just said. If I don't see myself there mentally first, connecting with somebody who has 67,000 followers, it's definitely probably not going to happen. So I do go into it with, you could be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Maybe there's something that you see in me that I can be able to to give to you, but also what it is that I can learn from you in your journey. I had a professor in college when I started my doctorate who said, Mary, you're going to climb the ladder and I, I can tell you're going to climb fast, but I want you to remember this. Mm. Never forget to reach up to somebody who is where you want to be, but also reach back to someone who's trying to get to where you are. And I feel like <laughs> I love that, that. that just keeps you grounded. You have to stay grounded in this game. So I never feel like this person's unattainable, but I never forget that somebody is trying to get to where I'm at. So it keeps me grateful. That is so good. I love that. And, wow. and being able to say, I, and I think we were talking about this just before as well, realizing that, Hey, there are people who wish they could be in this, in this zoom call right now, just being where I am sitting, asking Mm -hmm. you the right questions. And Mm -hmm. so me realizing that being able to say, Hey, come, you know, let me connect you. Right. Like let's, let's do that. And it's, it's truly you actually living that limitless mindset of, Hey, connections, uh, you know, there is limitless opportunity, limitless. I, I know your, um, your, uh, affirmations today were about, you know, wealth and financial freedom. There is limitless opportunity to make money, limitless opportunity to meet people. And so Absolutely. it's, it's those types of, it's that type of thinking. And it's something that you actually live, which is so incredible. Thank you so much. And, and, and I love that you even brought that up. Because I think too, when you think about a 360 leader, and when I say 360, you can't just be great with people and just great with communication or great with outreach and relationship. You have to know your blind spots. And Mm. so I don't want to leave wealth unturned. I don't want to leave healthy relationships unturned. If you're going to be limitless and you're going to show up in the world with that type of mindset, got to deal with all the stuff, even the icky stuff that sometimes you don't want to talk about. Right. I don't know. I'm, I, I believe you would have probably heard of the concept of like Johari's window. Yeah. So, so, and this is for my listeners, I think probably a good number of them might not be familiar with it, but essentially this idea of it's four blocks. And one of them is what I know about myself that other people know, right. That open, that public facing opportunity or, 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 facade that I'm putting on the, Mm -hmm. uh, the things that I know about myself that other people don't know, right. The things that I'm hiding, the things that other people know that I don't know. And that would be like, um, like things that I'm not self-aware about, right. Like, and that's where you're talking about, right. Things that other people are going to know about me or be able Mm -hmm. to tell me if I open up that door for honesty. If I say, Hey, if you be honest with me, I'm not going to be upset about it, whether it's team members, friends, family, right? Because, because a lot of times I think that's it, you know, especially for us as young people, we think, Oh, I'm, I, I I know everything, you know, I know it all, you know, and, and then people are hesitant to come to us with criticism or constructive feedback. And uh, so that's just, that's just another thought to build onto that. Yes. Yes. And Parker, you, you just made me think of something too. When you think of our young people, 
and you and I have talked about this before, such an untapped resource because Mm. we have invited, and then one of my biggest, you know, I wrote my book about student stakeholders in schools. Why are, why is education the only business that does not invite its end user to the table? You will never go to a bank and enroll all of your funds and savings and checkings and they not ask you about your experience. You will never lay your head on a Hilton hotel bed and them not ask you about your experience. You will never travel to a resort and they're like, how was it? But yet in education, we say for seven and a half hours a day, please come here for five days a week and we're going to talk to you and we're never going to ask you about your experience. Students will tell you everything you want to know. Why are we not, not only building tables, but why are we not bringing extra chairs to the table and saying, please sit down in in kindergarten, in middle school, in high school, in college and saying, tell me about your experience and what we can do to create better systems of teaching and learning that actually appeal to what you need. Not what we think you need, what you need. That's powerful. That's really, (laughs) what would that look like? Do you think, just just run with me for a second because this is something I'm passionate about is, education is especially during COVID we've kind of seen this Mm -hmm. like oh wait you know like what really is education Mm -hmm. like what are we really doing and so like what would that look like for students to be able to be more involved Mm -hmm. in feedback or the process of where education is going absolutely it starts with the pure abandonment of the most dangerous phrase in our English language which is, we've always done it that way. The leader has to decide that they're going to be courageous enough, a risk taker, and, and, and have the wherewithal to stand on the fact that we're going to do it differently. The second thing is, we have to invite our students in a way that makes them sort of feel comfortable with the conversation, which means we actually have to have a relationship with them. It can't be a pass by, you know, in, in the hallway. It has to be consistent. And then when they come to the table, and I talk about this in my book, asking them, how are you today? We would be surprised how if we started at a young age with the emotional language and wherewithal with our students, we would then have adults in our world, global citizens, who are emotionally aware, emotionally anchored, and able to be emotionally receptive to those types of conversations. Then asking them about the celebrations and challenges that they've had so we can actually understand what's important to them. They do not care that we have a new English language arts policy and have put new textbooks in the classroom. They do not care that we have adopted Canva as our new outlook for social media. They care about the fact that they just celebrated Chinese New Year and they care about the fact they just got a new baby brother or they care about the fact that their parent who was recently incarcerated has just come home and is with them for their third grade year. That's what they care about. And then we ask them about the challenges. And when we ask them about their challenges, we don't devalue their challenges. And we also don't shun their challenges and say, oh, well, you don't know how it really is. No, because their challenge and their microcosm, their world is authentic. And when we invalidate that, we never will get the opportunity again to hear their truth. Well, I'm just going to let that one sit for today. Um, wow. No, and and you you hit it right there at the beginning and built on it wonderfully that the it's the way we've always done it is not the starting point, right? Because people 
that flawed starting place of, you know, this is, this is how we've always done it. And this is, you know, what, what we're going to continue doing. It doesn't work. And, um, and then building on that with what are they thinking about relationships and challenges and things, ideas that they're bringing to the table. And I Mm -hmm. think that that's Mm -hmm. so powerful. And it's something that I am working with friends on, on how can we, what can that look like for students, even outside of school? How can we supplement some of these things while there's this change taking place? So uh, it's so powerful. And um, with, with respect to your time, I want to, I want to see where can people follow up if they enjoyed this conversation, which literally felt like two minutes long. (laughs) 25 minutes long. Um, Where can people follow up with you and and see more of your work? Absolutely. So definitely follow me on Instagram at The Limitless Lady or head over to my website, which is www.balimitlessleader.com. And of course, it's Dr. Mary Hemphill on LinkedIn. And really, let's just build this community. Like I'm, if you're courageous and determined and you know that you are right there on the precipice of tapping mm-hmm. into your limitless self, let's connect, let's inspire one another and let's learn alongside one another. I love it. Like I said, everyone, that that literally on my end, I hope it was the same on your end that you guys are just absolutely taking away a ton, um, but literally felt like the shortest conversation I've ever had in my life. So um, Dr. Mary, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you. I appreciate what you're doing in our community because we are so close, which is awesome, um, but excited to see what we're going to be able to do together. And um, thanks everybody for listening. Check us out at Taking a Breath podcast, and we'll see you again next week for more. Thanks for listening to the Taking a Breath podcast with Parker Mays.